Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic, and this is going to be episode 44. We're going to do the readings for Saturday, the Saturday of the fourth week of Ordinary Time, pretty much the end of the fourth week, and we're going to go into the fifth week of Ordinary Time. So, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. And just to let you know, we're not far away from Ash Wednesday, so we're going to be hitting uh, Lent right away. Lent comes early this year. It's going to be on February 17th, so I will do the readings for that. Also, I'm going to try to do um, some kind of Lent program. I really want to uh, do a good one. Last year... Um, not so successful, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> it was also during the whole, uh, COVID, uh, thing. I was doing the readings for, um, the sadness of Christ by St. Thomas More. I don't think it worked out very well. I'm going to do the readings, uh, for, uh, for Lent. I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do all of them and I'm going to try to, um, um, uh, pretty much try to add some information. I'll, I'll do the catechism uh, for for Lent. I'll try to read uh, passages from the catechism of the Catholic Church. And, um, well, you know, we'll see. We can do some devotionals and stuff like that. But I want to, I really want to help people to um, dive into it, to really make this Lent worth it. Um it's important. I think it's important for all of us to try to be holy. The purpose of this podcast is to share the Catholic faith, to give people the information that they need, um, <clears throat> to help people learn. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I'm a convert from Islam. I was never really a practicing Muslim, but I was born to a Muslim father. Um, my mom... Uh, is Catholic, but she was never raised in a proper Catholic home. It's crazy, like one of those crazy things that life throws at you. But um, eventually, uh, I made my way to the Catholic faith. And I love the Catholic faith. I love being a Christian. I love Christ. And I love the Gospels. And... Um, Lately, I've been, uh, I'll be, t uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been really, um, I've been reading the gospels. I mean, reading the Bible. I'm actually into the book of Joshua right now. And, um, I really believe with all my heart that if we really, really put our minds and our hearts into the faith, if we surrender ourselves and really go into the faith, you will grow. You will find Christ drawing closer to you. And, you know, your intimacy with Christ is going to be strong. You're, you're, you're going to be, you really are going to grow in the faith. Prayer, honest prayer. Um, you can pray the rosary. You can pray the divine mercy. Um, reading of the scriptures, diving into and reading the scriptures, really, um, really going into the, into the faith. So, uh, we'll talk some more about it, uh, later on. Um, let's go into the readings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, act of contrition. I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, 
Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, I have to tell you the truth, I love, um, I love the, the act of contrition. There's, there's the traditional older one. Maybe we might do that for Lent, um, the one that was used uh, before the uh, the the reforms, uh, the one in the traditional Latin Mass, it's very beautiful. It mentions John the Baptist, Peter, Paul, Saint Michael, as well as the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's beautiful. And then there's the um, the Gloria. I gotta tell you the truth. I mean, um, in Mass when it's chanted beautifully, the Gloria. I swell up. It brings tears to my eyes. <clears throat> the beauty of it. It's like, it's a, it's a one beautiful romantic love letter. It's one beautiful, beautiful romantic, like poem love letter. It's like one big giant. I love you to God. You're declaring his glory. You're confessing his glory. You're confessing his power. You're confessing his mercy, his love. You're confessing Jesus Christ. You are, you know, it's just beautiful. And it's like, you just want to bathe into it. You want to bathe in that moment in, in God's mercy and God's love. It's just fantastic. What could be more beautiful than to fall in love with your creator, with, with God in this world of constant abominations and miseries and sin. I mean, look around us, look what's happening. <laughs> you know, I was talking to somebody today and his view is that we can't maintain this planet. We can't maintain ourselves anymore. I mean, that's just like, that's a Darwinian answer. I mean, really, I mean, I, I respectfully disagreed with him, but seriously, you know, what's going to, I mean, if you're going to give an answer like that, if that's the, and that's the kind of conclusion you're going to think, what's then what's then who's to say, well, these people are going to say, well, that's why we need to control the population of our planet. That's why we need to population control and uh, and birth control or an abortion it's all darwinian it's all eugenics it's all you know that that's that's what that, that's what that answer gives and that's what it that's what gives license to these to these elitist monsters who 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 want to redesign the planet who want to so-called great reset that's what it all, that's what it's all about and you know I just I totally disagree. All right, so um let's begin with Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15 17 uh 20 to 21. All right, let's begin. Okay. Hebrews, letter to the Hebrews chapter 13 15 17 20 to 21. May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd, furnish you with all that is good. Letter to the Hebrews. Through Jesus, 
Let us continue to offer God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. God is pleased by sacrifices of that kind. Obey your leaders. Defer to them, for they keep watch over you. And will have to give an account that you may fulfill their task with joy and not with sorrow, for that would be of no advantage to you. May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, furnish you with all that is good, that you may do his will. May he carry out in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, one more time. Letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, 15, 17, 20 to 21. May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd, furnish you with all that is good. Through through Jesus, let us continue, continually offer God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. God is pleased by sacrifices of that kind. Obey your leaders and defer to them, for they keep watch over you and will have to give an account that they may fulfill their task with joy and not with sorrow. For that would be of no advantage to you. May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, furnish you with all that is good, that you may do his will. May he carry out in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, one more time. A letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 15, 17, 20 to 21. May the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd furnish you with all that is good. Through Jesus, let us continue, continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. God is pleased by sacrifices of that kind. Obey your leaders and defer to them, for they keep watch over you and will have to give an account that they may fulfill their task with joy and not with sorrow, for that would be of no advantage to you. May the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, furnish you with all that is good, that you may do his will. May he carry out in you what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to, uh, to us. Through Jesus, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Through Jesus, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. All right. We have to remember that this was the Hebrew church. These were Hebrew Christians, not uh, temple, old covenant Jews, uh, Hebrews. The... Um, Remember when I said that the upper room was Mount Zion? I don't know. I think that might have been in one of the episodes that uh, Spotify messed up. Um, I'm, that's why I'm going to have to do those two episodes over again. I'm sorry about that. But the upper room was Mount Zion to them because in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, remember when Moses built the altar... He took all the heads, at least 70 elders, 
of the house of Israel of all the tribes and brought them to an area in the mountain. And there was bread and wine on the, on the altar. God came down. The cloud covered God. All they saw was his feet. The cloud was like a curtain, the Holy of Holies. And below they saw what looked like a sea of glass. It's, a, it's the same description that John saw in the book of Revelation. And all the cherubs were flying around him. And they ate and drank in front of God. They ate and drank bread and wine. Which was the original, which was the sacrifice of Melchizedek. Which points to that this was the this was most definitely the sacrifice that Adam and Eve offered in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Paradise. There was no need for, a, uh, what do you call it, killing an animal, burnt offerings. That was only after the fall that they had to offer because death came into the world. And so they had to offer a sacrifice. And it was lamb or a goat or a sheep or oxen. Uh, one of those things, and they had to offer that as a sacrifice, which was what Cain, what Abel offered. Cain was trying to offer up, I guess, uh, I guess you could say what was through his fruits, which was not bad. He could have, you know, he done he done it, but he was rather cheap and stingy about his his uh, his sacrifice. But the point is the bread and wine, and so it was the the Hebrew Christians. The upper room was real Mount Zion. The fulfillment of Mount Zion, because instead of eating in front of God, God sat with them at the table in the person of Jesus Christ and ate bread and wine with them and offered a sacrifice. He offered the sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. He was the new Adam. And so therefore they, we received the new covenant. And so therefore to confess Jesus as Lord and shepherd of their life, of their soul. And the high priest, Jesus was the, is, the, is the true eternal high priest. And through Jesus, they can offer the Father absolute perfect praise and constant praise, which is through by their mouth and through their heart and through their mind and, through, and by their will. They can truly touch God taste God, feed on God, possess God in, in their heart, their mind and soul, live in the constant presence of God through Jesus Christ. Now, um, so confessing his name. Okay, remember, all that is on heaven above or on earth or on earth below must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even the demons must confess. And remember, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of the most high God? Have you come to torment us? We read that in several gospels. Remember the Gerasene and and uh, the, the and the, the demoniac and even the one in the in the in the synagogue in Capernaum. Jesus performed exorcism. They all confessed the name of Jesus because they have no choice. Uh, the demons, if they did not praise God willingly, they will praise God. You know, uh, by you know, they would praise God where they would praise God forcibly, because it's in their nature. They were angels once, and it's in their nature to worship and and praise God. They got no choice in this matter. And if we did not praise God willingly in this life, we will praise Him willingly. In the next life, you know, in our, in our final judgment, we will be forced to, and we will be forced to acknowledge his just judgment. All right, let's continue. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. God is pleased by sacrifices of that kind. That's another beautiful thing. All your good works, everything you do as a Christian is an absolute sacrifice a true pray a true way of 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 glorifying god in every action you do and every good work you do is you know if you do it without 
bitterness, if you do it out of complete love and joy, it will be an absolute, total, complete sacrifice. All right? Remember, a broken and a contrite heart is what God prefers than sacrifices and burnt offerings. And if you can do it through with absolute love, for the love of God, okay, and sometimes, I know, it's hard to like people. It's hard to like anybody, especially when people annoy you. Today, I had someone who, uh, I, I know, let me just say, rather annoyed me at work and I was very angry, but I kept my tongue. I held back from saying anything. I wanted to say something, but I didn't. I wasn't scared of him. I was just rather annoyed. It was a rather a, a very uh, control freak sort of a person, someone who really, um, who really is enjoying all the masks and all the, 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 the totalitarianism of the whole thing. They want, they want everybody, you know, this, this I don't like, but anyway, I kept my mouth shut. I could have made it worse if I got angry. I'd rather not because it's a waste of energy. And that's the best thing to do. I think, I mean, I know he, something is going to come up again, but I have to say the right thing at the right time in the right way to get my point across without making it worse. You want to win you want a winning argument with logic and reason. And praise and praise God, maybe I will. When the when the opportunity does come, and it will come, and it always does come. All right, so you're you can offer you can do a deed. Once you realize how shallow this world is, and once you realize that maybe how shallow we have behaved in the past and how uh, vain and ugly we behaved in the past, you realize you want, you want a better self. You know, Jesus often said, if you do a good deed, don't, don't show off about it. If you want to, you know, if you, you know, don't go boasting and telling the whole world what you did. Do something for somebody. Keep it a secret. Be anonymous. And your father who sees which the good deed you've done in secret and anonymously will, will bless you. Okay. And those, that's true. And that's a real sacrifice, a real sacrifice of the heart. And as a, as a prayer. Okay, so obey your leaders and defer to them for they keep watch over you and will have to give an account that they may fulfill their tasks with joy and not with sorrow for that would be of no advantage to you. Well, we're going to learn later on he's going to use, he's going to make reference to Jesus as shepherd. Your leaders, uh, they're supposed to be shepherds. They're supposed to be the priest even the deacon and even the, the, the monsignor and the bishop and archbishop and cardinal going up to the pope. They're supposed to be shepherds. They're supposed to be modeled after Christ and they're supposed to um, really uh, get close. Um, it's funny, like Pope Francis recently said, smell like the sheep, you know, get, you know, get close. Well, you know, I think that's a lot harder now for a lot of our bishops, uh, especially what I just heard about a lot of them really, uh, they got the PP uh, money for shutdown, which was very embarrassing. It was literally $3 billion. And uh, they neglected to offer last rites. They didn't give mass. They didn't offer the body and blood of our Lord. They didn't perform any baptisms. They didn't perform any weddings. They didn't perform, they didn't, they, they, they neglected the elderly. What good is all that money? What good is all that money? If you, if you failed as, as a leader, what good is any of that money? If you, if you failed your Lord, I mean, that's like $3 billion. It's funny. It's $3 billion. <laughs> 
kind of like 30 pieces of silver when you think about it. I know a lot I know a lot of the some clergy are very embarrassed about that but they shut down the churches and they put their hands out. That money was supposed to go to uh mom and pop businesses. You know, and they they filled out the application and they were, and and they got that money, 3 billion dollars. 3 billion dollars. I I heard it from Dr. Taylor Marshall. I've heard it from other places. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You know, that's not being a leader. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, if we have good, good shepherds, good spiritual advisors, um, make sure that um you know that we have a good relationship with them make sure that we i mean it's it's a jewel it's a beautiful beautiful jewel to have a priest that really really knows how to be a priest really knows how to how to teach you how to pray unfortunately i i don't have that right now so um i'm doing it through uh through books through podcasts through uh youtube and you know this and i'm listening to a lot of lay catholics like ralph martin um taylor marshall who keeps saying you know pray that rosary and um you know census fideum those are the only ones i have i don't have i haven't met a priest that i i i honestly feel lately can can be a really good spiritual guide. God willing, one day I'll meet them. All right, so because uh, continue, um, yeah. So may the God of peace who brought this, this is the part here after the when he talks about the leaders. May the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. He's our great shepherd of the sheep. And by the blood of the eternal covenant, his blood, his blood it makes the true eternal covenant that replaces the old, the old order, the old rite of the, of the temple. We don't need uh, the blood of lambs and bulls. Uh, we don't need those things anymore. We don't need the blood of sheep. We have Christ to to fulfill that for us, and His blood is more excellent than that of Abel, and and He's and He is the true High Priest who doesn't have to go in there because He has no sin. The old High Priest had to he had to um, first confess his sins because he was a mortal. He was a mere mortal man, and then had to uh, in order to in order to to make sacrifice and atonement for the people of Israel don't need you know you know that that doesn't Jesus doesn't have to do that because Jesus is sinless and um and you know Jesus will give us all the graces we need he will furnish us with all the graces we need uh through his perfect blood of the covenant and he will give us you know the graces to to be holy and, you know, and like he ends it here uh, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ is our true shepherd. Christ is the perfect blood of the covenant. Christ is the shepherd of our of our souls. Um, he is, you know, he's the one. He's the one and we and he's the perfect. He pleases the father. Perfectly. All right, let's go on to the response to your psalm. All right, the response psalm is Psalm 23, a very famous psalm. All right, the Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. I'll read it one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me. He refreshes my soul. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. He guides me in the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. With your rod and your staff, that gives me courage. The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. In goodness and kindness follow me. All the days, only goodness and kindness follow me. All the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. Okay, um, Psalm 23, I would suggest you should memorize the Revised Standard Version. Uh, the Revised Standard Version actually came out of the tradition of the King James Version, also known as the Authorized Version, uh, simply because the King James Version is the most excellent English. It has a very beautiful English and um, the Revised Standard Version is modeled after it, uh, actually follows the same tradition. And it really, uh, Psalm 23 is one of those Psalms one a Christian should, should memorize. You should be able to memorize it. It's very, it's worth memorizing. It's worth to remember so you can pray. It's really worth it. It's one, it used to be a tradition that uh, mostly Protestants actually memorized it, memorized Psalm 23 because it's a very popular Psalm. It's a very popular Psalm when you're facing danger. It's a very popular Psalm when you're lonely to remember. It's a Psalm that you, re you recite as a prayer and you should, every Christian should know this. It's a very beautiful Catholics should learn to memorize it. The Hail Mary, the Our Father, uh, other prayers that are, um, you know, that we're taught to memorize. But scripture passages, for some reason, a lot of um, Catholics uh, have a problem with. I don't know why. Um, you shouldn't. You should, you should memorize. You should actually be able to memorize certain portions of scripture. You should be able to know what passage of scripture comes from, or even a person does not quote the the, the scripture passage and verse number, it should be easy, you know, easy for one to memorize. I mean, the Magnificat we know is from Luke, uh, Luke's gospel. Um, the Beatitudes we know is from Matthew's gospel, chapter five. Um, I am the good shepherd from John's gospel. Um, these are things that, you know, you, we should, we should be able to memorize. All right. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. So you see the connection to Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, that Jesus Christ is our great shepherd. Um, he restful waters. Jesus often said that, you know, he often um, said that I am the good shepherd. The rest that came before me were hirelings. In other words, they were cheap. They were low quality shepherds who were just working on a flock that really they had no investment in, <laughs> you know, it's, and often, you know, you could see that I think in many, in many, uh, ministers and clergy, especially those, there are those who are very extremely indifferent. Um, Jesus refreshes our soul. He leads us in good pastures to rest, um, beside the restful waters often like 
remember it says that he that the Lord will drink by the streams uh the stream side and he should be able to drink without you know without without fear of his enemies. Jesus is the one that protects us and he refreshes us by cool cool streams of water and he will refresh our souls. It's a sign of the sacraments, the sign of the grace, the sanctification, uh the you know, hit the life of God in our soul. He guides me in the right path for his name's sake. This is something that I think is very important. If we really, with all honesty, or with all true honesty, we trust, we trust Christ. If we have a good, good spiritual relationship with our Lord, I truly believe we can, we can, sense him, know his presence, sense his will, that he will guide us on the right path, that he will guide us through any troubles, even if, let's say, it is his will to lead us. Many of the great saints have have been able to develop to, to, to really nurture that relationship to, with, with our Lord. You know, we should we should be able to trust him on every on every kind of trouble. We should be able to trust him even when there is no trouble. We should be able to sense him and know his will, hear his voice in the very depths of our being. We should be able to hear God talking to us. We should be able to hear uh, uh, understand his will. We should be able to hear him even when in silence, when he doesn't say a word. God still speaks to us, even in silence. Um, even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil. For you are on my side with your rod and your staff. They, that give me courage. Even in the, in the midst of danger, we should, be, we should not be afraid. Even in, in, you know, you know, we should, no evil would, would, would frighten us, would terrify us because we know that Christ is our shepherd. He's our shield. He's our protector. He's our fortress. He's our rock. Nothing, nothing will hurt us. Um, you know, it mentions again with your rod and your staff, they give me courage. Rod. And his staff. Um, that's pretty much uh, a sign of a shepherd. I mean, uh, you know, the, the staff of a shepherd. The rod is is usually a de another defense mechanism. Mostly, I guess you could say uh, people use the rod as something to to impose their authority by force. But a shepherd is someone who guards and protects the sheep. Anyway, continue. Um, he, and yeah, he gives us courage. We have courage because he's there with us. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I've always um, associated the, the, the table as some kind of, uh, you know, um, related to the sacraments, to the altar. I mean, if you could take it, you spread the altar before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The sign of the of, of the sacrament, a sign of blessing, uh, Christ's blessing in us. Only goodness and kindness follow me, all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. David wanted to build a temple. God himself uh, told him through the prophet, I don't, I, I never really, I never needed one. It is Israel that needed a temple, not me. Since the days before you were born in, with your early, with your fathers, I, I never needed a place to a temple. What temp, you know, why would I need it? And, you know, God says oh, there's sacrifices. I don't really need the sacrifices. I gave this, you know, he gave, you know, he gave the sacrifices to to uh, to the you know to uh, to the priests and eventually Christ, but you see, you know 
he dwelled he dwelt with his ancestors with the ancestors of, of Israel I don't need a temple the temple was given mostly for Israel because they needed the benefit when they failed God himself simply took the temple away and you know that's that's the price that we have to we have to pay for this generation unfortunately all right um let's go on to the next one All right, folks, now we'll go into the uh, Gospel of St. Mark. The Alleluia Antiphon is taken from John chapter 10, verse 27. Alleluia, alleluia, my sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia, alleluia, my sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia, alleluia. All right, and the reading is from St. Mark's Gospel, the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verse 30 to 34. They were like sheep without a shepherd. We can see the theme here. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When Jesus disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verse 30 to 34. They gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there, on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When Jesus disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a, without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. <clears throat> the gospel of the, Lord, gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. The apostles gathered together with Jesus and reported all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. So they went off in the boat by themselves to a deserted place. People saw them leaving, and many times, uh, I'm sorry, people saw them leaving, and many came to know about it. They hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. When Jesus disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so... the Jesus, remember, he commissioned them. He gave them... Uh, to the authority to preach and teach, and he also gave them the power, to, the authority and power to cast out demons and to heal people, and they healed people with oil, with with holy oil. That obviously our Lord blessed. He gave them the authority to do that. All the authority, you see, in the Catholic Church, we believe in apostolic her uh, inheritance, apostolic uh, legacy, the apostolic. Um, uh, office 
that goes back to the apostles through the bishops, the bishops who are the successor of the apostles. And it's the bishop who um, ordains the priest, consecrates him, blesses his hands. Uh, it's, it's, it's through the bishop that we get the diaconate and then into the priesthood. The person gets their holy orders, their commission through the bishop who are the, who are the heirs to the apostles and who get the apostles will get their authority from the Lord Jesus himself. Um, this is important. Now they did everything. They went out, they healed people. They healed the, they, they gave people sight. His, you know their sight back. Uh, they pro, um, some of them I'm sure have healed people who have leprosy, uh, and they even um, might have I'm sure um, resurrected the dead. I'm sure to some extent they have. You know I think it depends a lot on the faith of the apostle. Uh, but it, th we're not hearing here anything about lack of faith. But the only time we hear about it is when they came down the mountain. And they found a man that they, um, whose son was possessed, who had epilepsy and a possession, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus got angry with them because of their lack of faith. But the main point here is that they came back successful. And the other important thing we have to remember is that Judas was one of them. So this is a question we have to ask. How could Judas, who was about to betray him, be able to do this. Judas seems to be an evil man. And the answer is yes, but it's not the, the grace and the charisma, the grace and the power of Christ can work even through bad, bad people. Um, a case in point, I know this is hard for people and trust me, even I wrestle with it. If you go to confession and the priest is a great sinner, and he, he absolves you of your sins. Does this make, um, make your confession um, invalid? The answer is no. Does, it, does his, him absolving us of our sins, the absolution and the penance he gives us, does that make it invalid? No. Him, the priest... Regardless what sin, you can think of the worst sin possible. Him consecrating the bread and wine into the body and blood of our Lord. Does that make it invalid? This is hard for people, but the answer is no. Him marrying a couple, performing a marriage ceremony, does that make it invalid? No, but I'm sure does not exactly look good. We know that. Well, there's an old saying. Uh, this is, I think, probably true. I'm sure it's a, it's, it has a truth to it. Someone walked up to St. Francis of Assisi and wanted to challenge him. Um, Holy Francis, let's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Let's. What, what if I tell you that priest over there, the priest that you just received Holy Communion from, what if I tell you that priest has two mistresses on the side with illegitimate children? What would you say about that priest? What would you say about the fact that you received Holy Communion from him? And St. Francis says, well, I will still receive Holy Communion from his consecrated hands. But privately, I will take him aside and rebuke him for his sinful life. So Francis, St. Francis was able to put aside the holy office of the priesthood, which belongs to Christ from the sinful personal life of the priest. Very difficult. I understand that. It is very difficult, but you know what? That takes a lot of faith, which is something that we 
we are lacking in this modern day society. We are lacking of it. Now, here the apostles came back and they reported all that they have done. And, and they went around preaching and they taught people. Then our Lord says to them, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Why would he say that? Because as much as they have done preaching, teaching, healing, casting out demons, the apostles, even a priest needs, should spend time praying. And this is important because he didn't want them to become boastful. He didn't want them to become prideful and forget prayer and forget being holy. That could happen even, yes, with apostles and priests and nuns. And, and we all know that. I'm sure we've met a few that think that they could walk on water when they can't. <laughs> forget, uh, forgive me for the pun, but that's true. They, you know, they need to, they need time to pray. Jesus himself, remember, would get up early in the morning before anybody and he would go to a lonely place, a deserted place, a place where nobody can bother him. Not that he didn't want to, didn't want to be around people, but he wanted, he needed time to pray. This is probably in his humanity, right? Because Jesus was both human and divine. Prayer was an important thing. And Jesus was trying to tell them, don't forget to pray. Don't become so prideful and so boastful that you forget the need to pray. You need a time to be with God. You need commun you need communion with God. And because look what it says next. Come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they they had no opportunity even to eat. Well, that's an afterthought. It's obviously it's an afterthought, but the important thing was the need to be in prayer and to rest and to refresh themselves. That was important. So they, um, I like what he says, come away by yourselves. Let's leave the crowd for a while and let's go someplace alone. Let's go someplace where you need to be alone. You need to pray. You need to refresh. You need to, to be in communion and you need to, to settle themselves, to be grounded. It's important that they be grounded in prayer. And okay. So the next line, okay. They had no opportunity to eat. So they went off in a boat by themselves to a deserted place. Okay. They got into a boat again, the church. There's that boat again. It's a symbol of the church. It's the symbol. And they got into a boat with Jesus. And they got in there with him because they need to be with Jesus. Jesus wanted to be with them. So they went to a very um, a deserted place. And people saw them leaving and many came to know about it. So the people were paying attention. And they hastened there on foot from all the towns and arrived at the place before them. This is in the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Uh, uh, Herod the Great named it as a way to um, flatter Tiberius Caesar. And the people ran around the lake. It's a pretty big lake, but they ran around it. And they got to the place where they, they obviously watched where they were navigating and, and they got there before them on foot. They arrived there at the place before them. And that's interesting. They kept their eye on Jesus and the apostles. They kept their eye on them. I've, I, I, I find that very interesting. They were, they didn't, they, they didn't keep, they didn't take their eyes off the boat. They kept their eye. That's a that's a very good um, uh, little detail. They got there before them. It's like sort of like um, getting to mass on time. I guess you could say, right? Getting to church on time before before the service begins. Obviously, that's something you should do. And they waited for him. They waited for Jesus and the apostles 
on that shore. You, you, as it says here, when Jesus disembarked, I like this part. When Jesus disembarked, he got off the boat and saw the vast crowd. His heart was moved with pity for them. For they were like a sheep. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Isn't that beautiful? He was moved. He was moved at their their eagerness to want to be with him. He was moved at their eagerness to to um, to be near him. That's that's something we we need we need to do. It's I I I caught that. Um, I thought that was very um, that was very interesting. It was it it was it was moving. He's, this says this is a very very powerful line here. When Jesus disembarked and saw the vast crowd, his heart, his heart, his sacred heart, was moved with pity for them. Mercy, pity. For they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. He saw their desperate need for spiritual communion. It wasn't about food. This is not about food, him multiplying the loaves here. This is not about that. They wanted to be near him. They wanted to be in his presence. They wanted to be there. They waited on shore. The church, the boat going to shore, coming to a country, kind of like, you know, missionary, missionary. And they went there to bring the gospel. They weren't worried about political correctness. They weren't worried about cultural sensitivity the way people worry about today. The people wanted to be, they wanted the gospel. They wanted Jesus. They want the church. They kept their eye on the boat. They didn't keep their, they, they, they didn't lose sight of the boat. And they went on foot the vast crowd went on foot, went around the lake to meet him. A pilgrimage, a procession. All right. And they, they went there and they waited patiently. That's faith. That's hunger for the gospel. That's hunger for holiness. All right. You can go back to the Sermon on Mountain. All that fits exactly this, this passage here. You know, and this is something we, we need, we, you know, we need to learn. We need, we need this because we, you know, I mean, think about it today. How many people actually go a long way to go to a Trinitine mass, a traditional mass? How many people may even go to another, maybe if not a Trinitine traditional mass, they'll go to a better parish. Where they can hear, when they can hear, the preaching is better, the priest is better, the service is better. No uh, guitars and no political message, no social justice message, no seamless garment. That's the the people are willing to go that far, and you know what? Why not? They call it the Great Catholic Migration. You probably heard that on Dr. Taylor Marshall. And people want that. People people will go to another state, maybe leave places like New York, leave California, and they'll go to another place where it's more conservative, where they can raise their kids in peace, they can raise their family in peace. The schools are better, the neighborhoods are better, the the people, the you no know, the neighbors are better. It's safer. The church is better. Why not? And this shows it here. I mean, now I know I have to say, honestly, when reading this, why not? I think it's, I think this shows it. And Jesus is moved. His heart was moved with pity for them. For they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw the hunger in their eyes. He saw the need in their eyes. He saw the desperation in their eyes for righteousness All right. He saw 
the hunger and thirst for the truth, for the word of God. All right, so um, let's say the Our Father, Hail Mary, and St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, God bless, and I'll be back soon with um, Sunday's readings for the uh, fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time. God bless.